Hi there, and welcome to Even If, a weekly podcast about standing firm when life is shaking. I'm your host, Kelly Strife. Strife rhymes with wife. And together, we're finding the courage to approach uncertain and unwanted seasons of life through a posture of faith that stands firm and declares, even if he doesn't, he is still good. This week's episode gives you a few personal updates, and we're also super excited to make a big announcement about where we are in our infertility journey. So excited for this episode. If you have heard me speak much at all over the past few years, you've probably heard me talk about how I want to live in the middle of my story like I already know the end. Long before Imogen was born, before we got pregnant, before I had met Peter, before we got married, I've always had this pull in my spirit to live in the middle of my circumstance like I already knew exactly how it would turn out. Because I do, ultimately, I know I don't need to fear death or darkness or delay because God is making all things right. I know the ending. But I don't know the next chapter. I don't know how many books are in the series, and I don't know what plot twists might pop up before we get to the end. When I first started sharing about Imogen's birth and death, and then when I started this podcast, one of the things I've been most committed to is telling our story from the middle. I don't have the perspective of years down the road to see how everything plays out in the long view. I don't have bows to wrap things up with or resolution for this season. And I think that's part of what has made our story so powerful is that we're committed to trusting God before we know how everything turns out. Not just because he does something new that makes it all worth it, if that's even possible, but because he's present with us through the pain. He's present in the grief and because he is good even here. But that also might mean that for you, it's a little like watching Lost around season four when you start to wonder if there was ever any kind of storyboarding, any kind of plot development, any kind of strategy for how it would unfold. Was there any vision for where the characters would end up when they started? And I'll be honest, once I got through the first few episodes of this podcast, there wasn't a major strategy for how to tell the story because We're still living it every day. We're still waiting to see what happens. We're still trudging through the middle of a story that's unfolding in front of our eyes. So if it feels like we're making progress just to turn around and head the other way, well, that's pretty much what it feels like for us too. We are following the cloud and the fire, moving when he moves, stopping when he stops, and setting up camp when it doesn't seem like we'll be going anywhere for a while. We are riding the grief as it comes, longing for both the future and the past, and we'd honestly rather be just about anywhere than where we are right now, but this is where he's led us. This is where he is, and so this is where we will stay until a path opens or closes along the way. All that to say, we've been asking the Lord for direction for months now. We've been asking the Lord for direction in our own lives and in our dreams and in our prayers because our deepest prayers have been that God would allow us to get pregnant again and deliver a healthy child here on earth. Very specific. We've been asking and seeking and quite honestly, we've been begging God to let that happen. 
And so far it hasn't. We don't know that it never will, but we know that it hasn't yet. And so we're balancing our bets against biology and constantly returning to the Lord to ask, what now? Where are you leading? How are you inviting us to actively partner with you to answer this prayer? What's our role to play in this unfolding? And if I'm honest, I've been really afraid to get it wrong. I'm afraid on one hand that if we bet everything on God giving us biological children, our our finances, our bodies, our time, that we'll run out before that prayer is answered and we won't have any other options. On the other hand, I've worried that if we pursue other options of growing our family, if we pursue things like fostering or adoption, that it will seem like I don't trust God enough to answer the prayers I'm praying, that I don't really believe he'll come through. And so I've been stuck and almost paralyzed by trying to figure him out enough to get this right. I'm literally trying to play a game of chess with God, and I don't know how to play chess, but I do know that you need to be thinking several moves ahead to win. And so I'm over here trying to anticipate the moves he's making so I can clear the path or block him in and force him to make the moves I want. Which you can imagine is going really well for me. Because here's the thing, God isn't the pawn standing in the way of the prize I'm actually longing for. I don't have to figure out how to manipulate him into getting what I want. He's not limited by rules and clocks and strategies. I'm not trying to outsmart him. I'm trying to move in step with him. I'm not supposed to counter every move he makes. I'm supposed to mirror it. So I've been asking him to show me the next move one at a time. I don't know where the moves are taking me. I don't know where they're all leading. And if the last 17 months have taught me anything, it's that even things that seem like a sure and obvious outcome don't always turn out like we plan. So as I've sought him in this season, I've just been asking for the next step. What is it I can do right now to partner with him, to create openings for him to move however he chooses, not trying to strategize toward an ending, but to dance with him in the middle? And I've been praying that he'd make each step extremely clear because I don't trust myself to figure out some mysterious code these days. So really practically, in an effort to partner with God towards answering our prayers, I pee on a lot of sticks these days. I pee on ovulation sticks, on progesterone sticks, and sometimes on pregnancy sticks. And a few months ago, I just could not shake the feeling that I was pregnant. Now, I pee on enough sticks that I knew there was absolutely no way I was pregnant, but I just couldn't shake that feeling. It was different from the normal symptom spotting. If you've dealt with infertility or spent more than a few months trying to get pregnant, you know how suddenly every pain, every twitch, every wave of nausea becomes a pregnancy symptom regardless of whether or not you actually are. You know what it feels like to constantly be looking for the signs. And I know what that feels like. And this was something totally different. This was long after symptoms kept me hopeful and timing made it possible. There was no way I was actually pregnant. But I still just couldn't shake this feeling, this knowing that I was. And so I spent some time processing that with God, asking him what he was saying. If he was trying to tell me anything, and I immediately very clearly heard him say, What if you feel pregnant because someone else is? 
What if you feel pregnant because someone else is pregnant with your child, with the child that I will entrust to you to raise here on earth? And that stopped me in my tracks. Was it possible that God had sparked an expectancy in my body? Was it possible that God had conceived something in my spirit that might never be conceived in my womb to prepare me, to prepare us for a child we didn't know, born to a mother we haven't met, in a time frame we couldn't measure or plan? And with that, I felt this overwhelming peace that God was inviting us to partner with him by completing the steps necessary to pursue adoption, even before we know if that's how he'll answer our prayers. We are fully committed to this route if this is how God chooses to move, if this is how he chooses to grow our family. We're doing everything we can to prepare our hearts, to prepare our minds, to prepare our home for all the unique realities of adoption and the trauma and healing that it can involve. And at the same time, because we haven't heard a clear no from God in our prayers about biological children, we continue to ask him to answer that prayer too. It is one more exercise in surrender to however he moves in our lives. So that is the update. And maybe that feels like the obvious next step, or maybe it feels completely out of left field. But for us, we're just constantly asking God, where he is moving next and where he's calling us to move. And this feels like the right next step. So the exciting thing is that we have completed the home study process. I have some feelings about the home study process. And now we're officially waiting on a match. So for those of you that are unfamiliar with the adoption journey, the home study is the process for determining whether or not you're legally approved to adopt a child. It involves filling out pages and pages of personal questions, essay questions about your history, about your preferences, about your family, about your plans, about your desire, about your marriage, about infertility, about losses that you've experienced. It involves evaluations and meetings with a social worker, background checks and physicals, drug tests, medical histories, financial evaluations. They want a 911 call history and fingerprints and references. They do home visits and neighborhood evaluations and pretty much every other kind of exposure you can think of. It is a lengthy and invasive and mentally and emotionally draining process. It's also intended to ensure the utmost level of safety for children and that there's integrity in the process. So we understand the reason for the invasion of privacy, but it is not fun. So it's a really big deal to complete that and be approved. And so now we wait to be matched with an expectant mother. One of the beautiful realities of adoption today is that an expectant mother who decides to create an adoption plan for her child gets to actually choose the family she wants to place them with. She gets to dream about the future her child will have and imagine the life her baby will live with each family who's waiting to adopt. Even when she chooses not to parent her child, she gets to be a part of determining their future, and that is a powerful choice for her to make. She also gets to choose how much contact she wants to maintain as her child grows up in someone else's home. We love the shift the adoption world has made toward caring for all parties in the adoption triad, the child first and foremost, but also the birth family and the adoptive parents. 
But since the expectant mother is choosing from dozens of families hoping to adopt, there's no way to plan for how long we'll wait. There's no way to plan for how long this could take. At this moment, we could legally receive a baby as soon as tomorrow, but it's likely that the wait will still be several months longer. And we know better than most that even then there's no guarantee how this journey will play out. So in some ways, this announcement feels very premature. I feel like I'm announcing to the world that I'm going off birth control, which feels like information that not everyone needs to know. <laughs> like we're trying, but we don't know how long it might take. There's no timeline to follow or real news to share, but... We're hopeful. We're still counting up in this process. We haven't reached the stage of counting down yet. So why are we announcing this at this point? Well, that is a good question and one I've asked myself over and over. When do we announce this news? And we're telling and announcing this now for a few reasons. First of all, because we have invited you into the middle of our story for months now, and we don't want to kick you out until we know how it will end. This is what our middle looks like. It is messy and full of unknowns and trauma and grief and joy and sadness and expectation and hope and disappointment. And we're just walking it out one step at a time. This is the reality of today. This is what we know today. This is where we believe God is leading today. It could change tomorrow, but we have no way of knowing that. So we will live and celebrate and acknowledge where we are right now. I went for a walk with a friend recently, and she asked me if anything has surprised me about doing this podcast, about sharing our story with listeners that we don't know in real life. And after I thought about it for a minute, I said, you know, I'm surprised by how many people tell me that they love Imogen. So many people seem to genuinely love her and miss her and wish they could have met her here. You have all been so kind to our girl, and that is so healing to my heart. There are girls I have prayed for across the country, and I feel like I know them. I feel like I know Ava Love and Stevie Lynn Stock and so many sweet babies who aren't here with us. So I understand how you can fall in love with someone you've never met. I understand how you can feel like you know them and you're invested in their life and invested in their story. And I'm so grateful that our Imogen is known and celebrated and loved here. Sharing our story and inviting people in has never felt exposing or invasive to our privacy. It's felt like this huge hug we get to share with people around the world. So we're sharing this next part of our story now because we want your hearts to grow with love for the babies we're waiting for and haven't met yet. We want you to see the journey to get there so you can celebrate freely with us when we do, whatever it looks like. Second, I'm sharing because I know there are so many of you navigating your own stories. You're carrying the tension of what is with the future that you long for and the past that you've lost and you're figuring out your own next step. Or maybe you just need encouragement that there is one coming. There is a next step at some point. Your story won't unfold exactly like ours and there's certainly no right path forward through your grief, but I hope that hearing how God is speaking to us, how we sense him leading us, will encourage you that he'll make your path clear to you. Whatever your path, whatever the timing, he will lead you just like he's leading us. Okay, and third, this is the part where I ask you to actively partner with us. And we all know what that means. Adoption is 
crazy, stupid expensive. It is like mind-blowingly expensive. The average domestic adoption in the U.S. costs somewhere between forty-five dollars and $55,000. And that doesn't include the actual expenses of preparing for a child. That doesn't include all the things you have to buy and purchase and get ready for to be ready to have a baby. That number includes things like legal fees, agency fees, the birth mother's living expenses and her medical expenses if those aren't covered. It it includes travel expenses when the baby is born and the time you have to spend in the town or in the state where the baby's born before you can travel home and all the different miscellaneous costs that add up along the way. And that is certainly more money than we can afford on our own. And that's one of the biggest obstacles to approaching adoption is that the finances just make it seem impossible. We have already personally invested over $10,000 in the process just to get to this point, and typically additional funds would be due at the time of a match, which could be any time, any day. It could be next week. It could be next year. But you have to have the funds available to move forward when the match happens. Now, there are a lot of grants and credits and fundraisers for adoptions, and we're pursuing all of those options. And if you know of things we should be applying for, please feel free to reach out and let us know. We will apply for any financial assistance we can. But we also know that there are many of you who are willing and able to sow into our family, to sow into this stage of our journey. And we would love for you to partner with us. I have developed a habit of giving to other people's adoption fundraisers. Actually, I just give to all the GoFundMe fundraisers, car accidents, medical bills, whatever it is, I'm donating money to these fundraisers. And when I do it for adoption, it's a way to not only support that family on their journey, but also to sow into our own family. Every time I give, I'm thinking, when am I going to have a need down the road? And I want to sow into the needs that might pop up into my own life before they even exist. So every time I give to someone else, I'm asking God not only for him to build their families, but for him to build ours. So if you are able and willing to give, we have a GoFundMe link that's available. It's in the notes from this episode, the description, or you can find it linked from my social media or on my website, which is kellystrife.com. And you can give and donate any amount would be so appreciated as we approach this next stage of our journey. But we're not only interested in your financial partnership, we also desperately need your prayers. The truth is that trauma can't be separated from adoption. We know what it feels like to leave the hospital without your child. We know that A mother's love doesn't end just because your baby doesn't come home with you. We care deeply about the pain awaiting a birth mother, even as she makes decisions in the best interest of herself and her child. And we know that a child coming into our arms means they've been given from hers. Adoption is a beautiful redemption picture of how we're reconciled to God. But let me be clear, we are not the heroes of this story. We are not the saviors. And adoption doesn't erase trauma and pain and loss. It frames it with a perspective that holds healing and wholeness at the same times. But it's always both and. We also know that we're carrying in our own story of trauma and loss. So bottom line, we desperately ask for your prayers, for our own hearts as we approach this waiting season, and for all the parties involved in making these decisions. 
So that's our story today from where we are right now, from the perspective we have at this moment. And it's exciting and worth celebrating and cheering for. But it's not just exciting because of the outcome it will hopefully bring. It's exciting because God is leading us and guiding us right here and right now. And honestly, we found that people don't really know how to respond when we tell them this news. They're trying to gauge whether or not we're excited or whether this feels like the backup plan or like we've given up. So let me give you full permission to celebrate. We are excited and expectant to see what God can do through this next step. So you have permission to feel joy and excitement with us. And you also have permission to carry your own sadness if this stirs up unexpected emotion for you. We are so grateful for this tribe of people who are walking this road with us, some very closely and some from a great distance. We can't promise you that we'll give regular updates because we don't know that there will be anything to update on. But we can't wait to see what God does in our lives and in yours. All right, friends, if you have been through the adoption process and have any words of wisdom or even better words of encouragement, we would love to hear them. And you can email me at kelly at kellystrife.com and we look forward to learning from you along the way. And if you'd like to support our adoption financially, look for the link in the show notes from today's episode. Thank you so much for listening in.